Welcome to Life in the Library with your hosts, Cheyenne and Sam. Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Library. I'm Sam. I'm Cheyenne. And who would have thought that Cheyenne and I would unknowingly pick a book with the same word in it? (laughs) I would have, actually. Yeah, for real. (laughs) (laughs) Today, I will be talking about Black Rabbit Hall, and Cheyenne's going to be talking about Rabbit Cake. Uh, Cheyenne, does this book have anything to do with carrot cake? No, actually, it has to do with rabbit cake. Like an actual rabbit? (laughs) No, it's a cake in the shape of a rabbit. Okay. Yeah. So, if I'm being really honest with you guys, this book wasn't what I thought and hoped that it would be. Um, It wasn't... I just wasn't really sure that I would like this book. I personally thought the pace of the book was honestly pretty slow. Um, and the book leads you to believe that you're reading the grieving process of a child named Elvis, whose mother has a history of sleepwalking and dies from drowning in her sleep. However, this book isn't as much about a child's investigation into the death of her mom as much as it is a representation of how the grieving process looks different for everyone involved. Okay. So. Kind of cool. I mean, it was cool, but in my opinion, it was just very misleading mm-hmm. um, because the way that the back of the synopsis on the book was written is that it's like kind of like a murder mystery thing, but from like a child's perspective. Mm-hmm. And then it ended up being, well, you really just see how loss plays out in a different way through all the different family members, even their friends and the people connected to the family. So the dad... <laughs> The dad and his grieving process starts wearing the mom's robe and her clothing and her makeup and lipstick. Oh, Oh. (laughs) this is some Bates Motel type stuff going on right now. But it's his way of still feeling close to her after she's passed. So it's like the way that he grieves her loss. But also, like, I'd be concerned. Um, He also became an absent father in many ways to his daughters. He kind of like reclused himself to their bedroom and Mm -hmm. stayed in the space that he shared the most time with her in. Mm -hmm. But the oldest daughter, Lizzie, she's also a sleepwalker and takes after her mom. And after the loss of her mom, it becomes progressively worse and she begins sleep eating. Huh. But it becomes extremely dangerous for her. Um, I mean. (laughs) But it actually becomes extremely dangerous for her. um, Because she's not, like, aware of what she's eating either. So what, she just, like, drinks bleach? (laughs) Well. (laughs) Oh, my God, does she really? Um, She ends up sleep drinking rotten milk. Ew, I'd rather drink bleach at that point. She also ends up almost catching her house on fire by trying to bake a cake. I was like, how does that have anything to do with eating? But okay, true, true. Um, I do that awake. She also sneaks into the neighbor's chicken pen. Does she actually sneak or she just sleepwalks? She just sleepwalks. <laughs> she just sleepwalks over into the neighbor's yard, gets in their chicken pen, starts acting like a fox. <laughs> And eats the chicken eggs raw, she just, oh, like eggs? shell and all. Yeah, I thought she was about to Ozzy Osbourne a chicken. <laughs> then she like smashes smashes oh. a chicken egg on top of her sister's head. <laughs> what is going on in this book? This book is so weird, dude. I know you guys <laughs> don't like it, but what the? 
That's what I'm saying, though. If you're not expecting a book like this and then it just turns into a book like this, it threw me for such a big loop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad your book was funny because mine was not. I mean, it was really sad, but the whole time I was just laughing. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Lizzie, the sleep eater. She also feels extremely responsible for her mom's death, and the book, like, explains why she feels that way, but then her younger sister, Elvis, is the most level-headed of the whole family, and this girl's only, like, five. Poor name's Elvis. (laughs) After Elvis. I would assume so, but I mean, still, the poor girl's name is Elvis. Yeah, well, she becomes the most responsible and level-headed throughout the entirety of the family's grieving process and loss of their mother. Um, she started taking over her mom's research. Her mom was a scientist. At five. Yes. <laughs> she's <laughs> extremely smart. Like, the way that she's portrayed in this book, it kind of makes me wonder if she might be, like, on the spectrum somewhere. Mm-hmm. Because people on the spectrum are crazy smart. Mm-hmm. And she has issues interacting with people and, like, telling people's emotions. Oh. So I was like. I have issues interacting with people, too. <laughs> so I was like, I'm, I'm on the spectrum. <laughs> nah. No. Not really. I just don't like people. <laughs> Fair. Um. So, her mom's a scientist, and her mom was in the process of doing a research project and writing a book on animals. I'm sorry, her mom was a scientist and didn't even study sleepwalking or how to fix it? Well, yeah, so that's what the book was on. Okay. She was studying animals and their sleep habits to see how it correlated to humans. Why can't we just see how humans' habits correlate to humans? Because Fix your own freaking sleepwalking problems. It's not legal to experiment on humans. (laughs) She can experiment on herself. (laughs) It's called, it's called a, a camera. Oh, my God. <laughs> and some drugs to go to sleep. Oh, my goodness. So the little girl, um, Elvis, started taking over her mom's research. And she also was protecting Lizzie from hurting herself in her sleep while trying to support her dad. So this poor girl has, this like. five-year-old's a breadwinner in the family. I know. Literally. <laughs> Throughout Elvis doing the research, trying to complete her mom's book, she begins to understand herself, her family. She realizes that loss in life is different in everyone um, through her love for animals and the chaotic events of her family's grooming process. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Um, Elvis finds out who she is as a person and helps her family do the same, which is kind of cool. I wish I could find out who I was as a person at five. I know, right? With shocking turns and endless what-the-heck moments, the book is definitely a different kind of read. Um... If you're someone who likes random facts, this book will definitely lead you to research other things for yourself because it did for me. There's just a bunch of, like, stupid random facts about animals and stuff in this book, which got my little ADD brain so messed up. Because <laughs> I would, like, read the book and there'd be a little fact about naked mole rats. And I'd be like, is that really true? And I'd have to go search before I can oh go gosh. back and read the book. It was a mess for me. Um, but the look, the book actually led me to researching physical symptoms of grief and ended with me researching different Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> okay. This book is so random. I like this book you. explains like mine and Cheyenne's friendship to a T. <laughs> it's so chaotic. <laughs> so chaotic. Which, by the way, did you know that someone experiencing loss can actually experience hallucinations of their loved one? Yeah, that seems reasonable. I did not know that. I'm just not going to... Re- Remind you of a certain dream that a certain someone had. Not necessarily a hallucination, but still. Why are you looking at me like what that? What dream? <laughs> the one that Tracy had. 
about the little boy in the wagon. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> so what are you talking about? The only dead person hallucination I've ever heard of was when my mom's brother passed away. She, like, the family was arguing in the house that he passed away in. And she said, she and my Uncle Jeremy said that they saw my Uncle Roy get up from the middle of, like, this living room, go and sit down on the edge of the couch, cross his arms, and look pissed off that the family was fighting. And it was, like, the day after he passed away. I'd just leave. <laughs> be like, nah. It was like, we done made our Uncle Roland a great brother. Brother? Uncle it was her brother. brother, yeah. We done made Mr. Bro over here rolling his grave. Yeah, he was mad they were fighting, apparently. Mom said it was, like, the most vivid thing she's ever seen in her life crazy spooky weird anyway (laughs) also in the book elvis talks about world records and how many of them have gone unrecorded and asks how you really know yours was a world record and not just the only one that someone thought was important enough to write down Hmm. i could have broken a lot of world records exactly mind blown right like so it led me to think um i'd probably be an honorable mention for the world record of the most coffee drink in a day no, you'd be the honorable whatever for the most medical problems that are actually aren't medical problems. Fair. <laughs> can, can I can so I tell fair. them your medical problems? I don't that care. You don't <laughs> okay, okay. So once upon a time, there was someone named Cheyenne. <laughs> Not related to this podcast. <laughs> Cheyenne was diagnosed with glaucoma. <laughs> portrayed all the symptoms of someone with glaucoma <laughs> jump forward like 10 years Cheyenne does not have glaucoma <laughs> another time this is never gonna end Cheyenne was thought to have a tumor but really has a pseudo tumor <laughs> another time Cheyenne was thought to have seizures she really does have seizures <laughs> the one thing It was an enlarged optic nerve, okay? And this one time, Cheyenne thought she had a blood clot, and she really did. (laughs) Sam's nickname for me is literally her medical what? Anomaly. Anomaly. (laughs) That's her world record. Not even coffee. Don't try me with that. Anyway. So if anybody else has been diagnosed with something and has all the symptoms but hasn't really been diagnosed with it. I'm your support group. (laughs) Please let us know. I want to know how many other medical anomalies are out there not just my little my little one over here uh, in all seriousness back to your local book summary i really 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 wanted to love this book and it was a cute book like it, it was the cover was cute it was, yeah the cover was really cute it was really cute even for it being yellow it was cute i hate the color yellow the book says that like yellow is scientifically proven to make you happy if you spend a lot of time around it because the sun is yellow and the sun gives you vitamins maybe you just need to paint your whole house yellow (laughs) i would rather die (laughs) Uh, paint the outside of your house yellow what house sam's moving i know we told him in the last episode i know i'm still pissed about it though anyway (laughs) 
Not really. I support her in all her endeavors and everything she wants to do to make her life happy, but it makes me sad. Continuing before I cry. Um, it, <laughs> it ended up being an okay book and not really a book that I liked enough to put in my personal library, if that tells you anything. Um, no, you're picky as crap. I don't feel like I am. I feel like you are. Cheyenne is picky in the sense that we can go to the library when I already have 10 books checked out and I will leave with five and she will leave with one, but we went to the library for her and not for me. <laughs> But that's also partly my fault because I find books that you would like. And I'm like, here, Sam. I know. And I try to hand her books. And she's like, stop handing me books. Oh, that's so loud. Because she hates them. Or I hate them. Because you're picky. I'm not picky. <clears throat> I am selective. Okay, you're picky. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, just with the pace of the book being so slow and the way it starts out making you believe that it's a child's investigation, the death of her mother, and then turns into something completely different, chaotic, and wacky. It, it explains, like, replicates my life in a way, starting out as one thing and then ending up completely chaotic and wacky. But it's just not what I was expecting from this book. So if you are someone looking for a good book to help you understand how everyone grieves differently or you're a young teen slash adult trying to find yourself, this book may be helpful for you. It just personally wasn't for me. And if I had to rate it on a scale from 1 to 5, I'd probably give it, like, a 2.5. Um... Real quick, because I don't know if you mentioned it. The author? Oh, no, I definitely did not mention it. So the author of the book is Annie Harnett. Um, the book's name is Rabbit Cake. It's a yellow cover with a little rabbit on it and pink lettering. And it came from the Elatra County Library District, the Millhopper branch. Okay. What about you? What? Where did your book come from? Who's the author? All the things. <clears throat> so I read Black Rabbit Hall. Uh, it's written by Eve Chase in 2016, and mine came from the Tower Branch Library. <laughs> which, before I go into this book, I am moving. I'm not getting. I'm not talking about what you, I told you I was going to talk <laughs> about yet. But I am moving. But I looked up the library in the town that I am moving to, and I am so excited to make my little journey to this new library. <laughs> it's so cute. Don't mind me. I'm just crying. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's get back into it. First off, wow, I had no idea where this book was going to go. See, same. There was literally a plot twist in almost every single chapter. Black Rabbit Hall has two main characters that take turns telling their intertwined stories. Hmm, I'm reading a book like that now, and I don't really know how I feel about it. This one was pretty good. Uh, so Amber's story takes place in the late 60s. Uh, this poor girl went through one tragedy after another. First, she lost her mother in a horse riding accident. Oh. Then she lost the horse to her grieving father. <clears throat> and then at 15, she would try to come to become the mother figure that her twin brother, or I'm sorry, she would try to become a mother figure to her twin brother and her younger brother and sister. I feel like our book has already some connections because Elphus tried to be like the mother figure to Lizzie mm-hmm. by trying to protect her from sleep eating or whatever. Mm-hmm. So funny how we chose two completely different books and there's still similarities. Literally. <laughs> So then uh, her dad goes off and remarries at only five months after the death of his wife. Oh, wow, that's fast. Yeah, literally. Um, And that's when things really start to fall apart. Caroline, the new mother, or stepmother, does so many things to this family, and I can totally understand why they hate her. Oh, really? She lies and manipulates pretty much everyone. Aww. Uh, Then there's Lorna, whose story takes place in the present day, newly engaged and looking for a venue for her wedding. Aww. Lorna is drawn to Black Rabbit Hall, but she has no idea why. So... And I guess I should say that Black Rabbit Hall is, like, this huge mansion. 
Um, and in its prime, it was beautiful, but it's like super run down now because they can't afford to fix it. Oh, that's And sad. that's why they're turning it into this wedding venue. So she doesn't know why she's drawn to Black Rabbit Hall, but she feels like she's been there before with her mother uh, who had recently passed away. So everyone was kind of like not walking on eggshells around her, but her fiance really didn't want to go to this place, but he did it because she wanted to go and her mom had just passed away and she had been there with her mom. Yeah. Um, so once they arrive, her fiance immediately has doubts about the falling apart mansion. I bet. (laughs) But Lorna was determined to make it work. So, the woman who runs the mansion, uh, she invites Lorna to stay prior to the wedding to get all of Lorna's questions answered, because she had a bunch, and Mm -hmm. I guess she just didn't want to answer them on that day. She wanted her to come stay. (laughs) Sounds a little creepy. Yeah, that's a little Right when I, like, read that sentence, I was just like, oh no, Lorna's gonna die. Is this gonna be a murder book? (laughs) (laughs) So, Lorna's fiance, he is busy at work, so he can't come stay. So Lorna goes by herself. She stays by herself in some person's like random, rundown, creepy, spooky mansion. For like a week. That's some crap you would do. Accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so during her stay, she learns more about the lives of the previous residents, and then all these puzzle pieces start to come together. Now, this book is packed with secrets, lies, and so much drama that, as you know, we promise not to spoil. It's so hard. Although, I will give you guys a little taste of the drama that this book holds. Be prepared for animal loss, an unknown previous relationship, an act of revenge, a quick new marriage, a forbidden love, lies about bloodlines, and a scandal behind a faked ad- adoption, and so much more. Lies about bloodlines? Mm-hmm. Why would you lie about your bloodline? Gotta read the book and find out. No, absolutely not. I have too many books on my plate right now. Sorry. <laughs> well. They can read the book and find I'll tell out. You tell later. me. Yeah. So, in conclusion, I pretty much, I think this is a really good book. I would read it. Probably like a four. Um, Out of five? Yeah, it was really good. good. It was really good. It is something that if I read books more than once, I would add to a library, but I don't, so I'm not. Um, My library is just filled with all my favorite books. Yeah, this wouldn't go Mm. in mine. Um, If I had to, like, add just favorite books, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't go in mine, but, I mean, it was a good book. That's what I was saying. If I was a person to reread, maybe. Maybe you will in a couple years. Probably not. Or... When your child gets older and falls into book. You don't have a child. When eventually you have a child and it gets older <laughs> and starts to read. And it's into the same kind of books that you're in. You'll be like, hey, you should read this book. Me and your aunt. I'll be, like, be like, listen to mommy and auntie's podcast. Yeah. Um. So do you think five months is too soon to remarry? To remarry? <sighs> I don't know. Because the book that I just read, everybody's grieving process is different. But in the book that I just read, it does say that it takes anywhere from 10 to 18 months to fully grieve the loss of a person. Yeah, so you can tell that the dad, like, never fully grieved. Like, he, because of the time period in the 60s, he pretty much remarried so that the children would have a mother figure. And obviously not a very good one. (laughs) No. No. Just from what you said. Literally. So my next question is, would you rather wait and see if a new potential wife or husband got along with your children, or would you not care? And I said, keep in mind, and it was in the 60s, and it was common to remarry fairly quickly just so that your children have that motherly figure. At that point, if I was in that time frame and, like, had to find a spouse to raise, because at that point in time, men went to work and women stayed home and took care of the kids. There was no daycare. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the role of a wife was to take care of the children. Mm-hmm. So, if I was the husband, 
hypothetically. At that point, instead of just rushing a marriage, I would let my family arrange a marriage. They didn't really have extended family, though. Mm. So, there's a little bit of a secret between this new wife and the dad. Okay. So, then I would just not remarry. And I would send the kids to, like, the neighbor's house or something. Because that was common back then, to go hang out with the neighbors and stuff. So, I would just send the kids over to the neighbor's house to hang out with the mom that stays home to watch. I mean, that makes sense. You know? It's this place had neighbors. They don't have neighbors? No. Well, then it sounds like he didn't really have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, like, still, I would bring her around. See how she interacts with the kids. Yeah, she was cold-hearted from the first interaction. They never had an interaction with the kids, like, before they got married? No, she showed up at the funeral. Of the mom? Uh Uh-huh. And then they didn't see her again until she was invited for dinner, and the other family who was invited mysteriously couldn't show up. And they were already married, or they weren't? They weren't married yet, but they were married shortly after. But the first interaction went bad. Oh, yeah. So then why the heck would you marry? Heck, I don't know. Go That's ask what I'm him. saying. No. I can't. Yeah, let me just jump into this book. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Make better life choices. Literally. <laughs> um, but, I mean, that wraps up my summary. It wasn't very long this time. Yeah, unfortunately, this episode is a little um, short, just because... But I got some banter over here that's going to make uh, Cheyenne a little teary-eyed. Okay, well, let me tell my banter first before I start crying. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are some exciting new sp- prospects coming for the Life in the Library podcast. We are looking into partnering with a library branch on some cool content for you guys and hopefully bring some more excitement to both sides of the library and people who read books from the library yeah i'm excited to see how that goes hopefully we can get that you know off the ground before i leave yeah i know (laughs) before sam ditches me leaves me without friends you can come visit me in the mountains where it's nice and cool yeah i'm just giving you a cooler place to vacation literally so um a little thing about me it i am so scared (laughs) um i have always grown up like being a people pleaser yeah and also kind of feeling like a burden to everyone so i refuse to reach out for help or talk to people so cheyenne added me to a group chat with her mom and sister uh, just because i'm trying to get rid of stuff from my house but also to grow our little support circle yeah you always need a support circle i will not text them (laughs) (laughs) she literally she, mind you, she was just supposed to text them things that she's selling from her house. And she texted me and she was like, they didn't sign up for me to have their phone blow up with messages at random times in the day. I'm not messaging them. You just message them. And I'm like, Sam, what is the literal point in being in this <laughs> chat if you will not text and them? And lo and behold, Cheyenne calls her mom today. Yep. <laughs> and was telling her. And her mom said that she... <laughs> Stop. <laughs> she... Signed up for my banter or my freaking spam messages when Shine and I became friends, and I cried. (laughs) Yeah. Still not going to text him first, though. (laughs) Yeah. My mom's sweet. We're trying, as a friend, I'm trying to help Sam unwork some of these, like, ideas that she has so deeply rooted in her brain about herself, and... There's only so much that I can give her advice on because we're relatively the same age. 
I'm about to be 25 and Sam's about to be 24. And although we've had different life experiences, I'm still young. (laughs) Cheyenne calls herself a baby adult and I love it so much. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still a baby adult. Um, So sometimes you just need to reach out to somebody for extra help and support. And Sam has always loved my mom. My mom and Sam have always gotten along. Um, So if my mom can be like Ruth, Ruth to Sam's Naomi, then why not? let her so yes absolutely a while ago i made a snapchat video it was so random i never posted it and it said to before you become friends with somebody always meet their mom and i say that because i have three people who i am relatively extremely close with yeah shy and being one of them so um out of my three friends i am friends with all of their moms yeah (laughs) i have cheyenne's mom who i go to for any medical reasons (laughs) yeah (laughs) i have sam's mom who taught sam who then also taught me but canning and how to cook because i I will not lie i didn't know how to cook when i first moved into my house (laughs) i ate mac and cheese almost every night and nuggies and hot dogs Listen, it was what I was raised on, mac and cheese and hot dogs, man. Were they at least the all-beef hot dogs? I don't know. They were cheap. I was living alone. They were not all-beef. <laughs> I was probably eating some cats and dogs. <laughs> but Sam came over, and she was just like, no. <laughs> so, um, and Jenna's mom has always been there if I had any questions or anything, and she makes me food shine. Um, Shame. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so good, though. So, I mean, at least every person, all of my friends, they know they have their aspects of my life, but so do their parents. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I could be friends with somebody whose parents didn't like me. Well, I mean, even like... My friends with me. <laughs> <laughs> even my dad, though, has been there for you on a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was really cool. I brought Sam to where my dad was stationed at a high school. Oh, my God. At like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Just so we could vent to him about life. <laughs> He was in his cop uniforms <laughs> this college. And I was in my pajamas crying. Yeah. It was great. Great times. Fun memories. <laughs> Cheyenne's family has always been there for me. Woo-hoo. So. Shout out to the Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have always been there for me. And they never really cared. Not never cared what Cheyenne and I did. But as long as they knew, like, we were. Yeah, so my parents' whole thing was, like, as long as they knew where we were or, like, Ooh, what. We probably should not talk about this. My mother listens to this podcast. Where we were, what we planned on doing, um, they were okay with it. Like, because obviously you guys know by now my dad was a cop. Is so a cop. Is a cop. Um, and he would keep tabs on us. So he would have, like, his cop buddies out. Just <laughs> Literally. Doing- <laughs> it's not like we did anything crazy. We only partied, like, a road over. Yeah. But he would, I mean, we were always relatively safe. Yeah. Actually, my dad just told me not too long ago oh God. this year oh God. that, you know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to stay on this podcast because some things don't need to be mentioned. But the guy's house that we used to party at oh, yes. a lot. R.I.P. Yeah. He went there. My dad went there. While we were there? No. Oh, thank God. And when he found out who this person was and that it was the person that we partied at his house, told this guy, <laughs> if anything ever happened to us while we were at his house, that was it. 
I mean, that's a very valid point, though, because said guy, it was known for spiking and drugging the freaking alcohol that that he, like, provided. Except for us, because he liked us. Yeah, well, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) And my dad just told me that, like, this year. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense why we were always, like, safe and nothing ever happened to us. And he would give us alcohol that wasn't opened instead of already being opened, you know? Like, my little naive self was like, oh, he just likes us. No, he was scared of my dad. (laughs) (laughs) I will have to say, like, as you come to know, actually, probably not. But, like, Cheyenne and I have completely swapped personalities. Yeah. Growing up, Cheyenne was, like, the tough, like, always took control. I was a little, like shaking in the wind kind of leaf person like <laughs> because we were young we weren't supposed to be drinking yeah um and like we'd be partying and the cops would show up and i'd like go hide behind a tree and now like cheyenne's more cautious she's not like you know a little leaf but nah. she's way more mellow and i am way more like amped up all yeah the time. but i got all mine out when we were in high school you didn't you just kept it bottled in <laughs> facts and now I'm, I'm like, ah, I, I oh don't have gosh. to be as... My favorite... Hold on, I have something in my eye. I think I got it. Okay. I have to tell my literal favorite story of Cheyenne. Actually, there's a bunch, but this one's my favorite. <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> it was one night. When you live in a small town, the only thing to do when you're underage is... Get in trouble. Yeah. We are here to tell you what not to do. Yeah. So, I think I had just gotten dumped. <laughs> I don't know anymore. Um, and I texted Cheyenne, and of course we did what any small town underage kid does. And I don't know if you want me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, Cheyenne right. used to smoke smoke cigarettes. Yeah. And I was... Listen, it's all part of my testimony, baby. I was so fudged up, man. And I looked at Cheyenne, and I was like, give me one. I was like, Sam, this is a bad <laughs> idea. I instantly was like, no, because Sam had never smoked before, ever. Yeah. So I, I broke her down. She gave me one. No, she bullied me. <laughs> break me down she i told me. her that i was an adult i think i was 17 uh, i am an adult i can make my own choices i was like sam this is a really bad idea she's like give me one she gave me one yeah. and then another one and another one and another one and it's probably like, like five more it's more like sam grabbed one <laughs> another one and another one and another one the next morning i threw up neon green and i have never touched a cigarette ever again she i learned in under 24 hours did not stop throwing up it was so gross <laughs> poor cheyenne cheyenne has dealt with me throwing up on so many occasions <laughs> i've never met somebody throw up from the like most randomest crap before <laughs> there was one time <laughs> let's just tell everybody my throw up stories you told everybody my medical stuff <laughs> there was one time was this Sam? the medication one? yeah Sam had, like, great. an eye infection or something. I got my cornea scratched. Yeah. And, and her hold doctor. Hold on. Before you tell on, that no, story. No, 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 no. Her no, doctor. No, no, no. Pause. <laughs> you got you to gotta tell the whole story. My mom thought someone was trying to murder me. <laughs> I know it's so loud. <laughs> my mom thought someone was trying to murder me. <laughs> there was this person that I did not get along with. And she really thought this person was out to get me. Mind you, she was in Washington, D.C. in the White House. (laughs) She's like, sorry, I can't take a break from the literal president. (laughs) I was home alone. I was a senior in high school. I was driving to school. Which, you know what? Kudos to me for actually going to school while being home alone. (laughs) 
I was driving to school. The AC was off in my truck. I had no idea why. And I was like leaned over. <laughs> and I turned the AC on. And like white powder came out of my airbag. And this is why Sam's mom thought she had an attack against her wife. <laughs> Directly into my eye. <laughs> it scratched my eye. So John- Still went to school. Still, still went to school. <laughs> Jump forward. <laughs> she calls me. Because the only way I could not feel pain in my eyes if I was sobbing. <laughs> so I called Cheyenne to take me to the like walk-in clinic. So we went. <laughs> Let me tell you, numbing eye drops for your eye <laughs> burns so bad. So I went to the walk-in clinic. And the doctor's like, yeah, you have a scratch cord. <laughs> Which heals in 24 hours. Yeah. So then they send you to a freaking eye doctor after 24 <laughs> hours just so you spend money to tell them your eyes healed. So they, they give her this medicine and she's like, can I take these medicines together? Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Go ahead. <laughs> the take the them together. Take them as soon as you get them from CVS. <laughs> the doctor was like, yeah, no issue. You'll be fine. <laughs> fine. I was not. Sam comes home. I got Rather, no, I no, drive no. Sam Trying home. got me McDonald's. I ate half of a chicken nugget and half of a fry. And she goes, I don't feel good. And I tried to get out of bed. <laughs> and she gets, My foot got she stuck takes, in the sheet. She takes like not even a full step out I of bed. I was stuck in the sheet. And she freaking projectile vomits everywhere. And she just looks at me. And she goes, I told you I didn't feel good. <laughs> So I, was like, I was like oh my god it's okay <laughs> go lay down in the bathroom and then i proceeded to crawl to the shower <laughs> and she lays down she lays down in front of the toilet and i just cover her with a blanket i laid there for six hours i couldn't even keep gatorade or water down oh, and geez. cheyenne called the freaking walk-in clinic and they wouldn't tell her anything they're like we need the person to confirm I was like, She's I'm, dying. Like, I'm like what it's fine <laughs> and they're like if this progresses Go to the ER. <laughs> so we went to the ER <laughs> with a freaking pot so I could throw up in it. <laughs> yeah, I brought like a spaghetti pot. <laughs> and I was so concerned that I didn't have a bra on, so I wrapped myself in a blanket. I was like, Sam, it's fine. They're not going to care. And they asked what medication I took. And the freaking ER doctor laughed at me. Yeah. Like, not just that, haha. It was like a. <laughs> She's like, you're not supposed to take those together. I was like, go freaking call the doctor that told me I could. And CVS told me I could. Yeah, everybody lied to Sam. Turns out I had a pretty severe UTI. <laughs> On top of a scratch cornea and taking medication that you're not supposed to take together. <sighs> Fun times. However, Cheyenne can handle throw up very well. Whereas the one time she threw up. <laughs> Good thing she <laughs> she had extensions in I <laughs> because that. i had to hold the very tip of her extension <laughs> and extend my body as physically far as possible away from her <laughs> and i had to keep asking her well, are you done <laughs> as you're gagging <laughs> oh man so to conclude we were wild <laughs> <laughs> so now you know a little bit about our crazy days <laughs> This turned into a really interesting episode. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. Yep. We love talking to you guys. We love talking to each other. We love apparently telling you our lives. (laughs) So until next time and more crazy stories. Bye. Bye.
Thank you, Big Daddy Unlimited, for partnering with us on this podcast. Until next time. Bye.